For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Happy Monday, football fans, and welcome in to another edition of of the Chase Podcast. I'm Isaac Sines and I thank you for joining me. In today's episode, I will recap some of Sunday's games and preview Monday night's matchup between the Titans and Cowboys. Plus, I'll do my weekly segment of High Flyer, Top Denier, and Under Fire. The Titans are coming out of their bye week looking to snap a three-game losing streak and understand the importance of getting back in the win column. Head coach Mike Vrabel talked about Dak Prescott's mobility and stressed the importance of stopping him and the Dallas offense on third down. Dak has got great play strength. Um, he's hard to bring down. Um, and so that'll be a great challenge. Obviously, you know, Zeke's going to get it 25, 20 times a game in the run game, and you know, they're going to throw it to him a handful of times. You know, Beasley has been very productive for him on third down and, and other downs um, underneath. And then now with the addition of Cooper, but Gallup and their tight end, you know, Swain, and, um, those guys have all done a nice job. The Cowboys made a splash by acquiring Amari Cooper from the Raiders last week and hope his presence can help fuel their stagnant offense. At 3-4, and four, Dallas knows they must execute better in the passing game and Cole Beasley is confident that Cooper can make their unit more dynamic with his skill set. Yeah, he's definitely got juice. Um, and, you know, we knew before. That's that's why they made the deal. You know, they already knew. And, you know, guys have seen clips of him making plays before, and we know what type of player he is. So um, it's only some, some extra juice added to the offense. I will discuss all that and more coming up in the latest episode of the Chase Podcast. Let's 
It is Monday, November 5th on the Chase Podcast. Isaac Signs with you here. Thank you so much for taking the time to join me yet again for another edition, another episode. And you know it is Monday and you know what time it is. It is time for High Flyer, Top Denier, and Under Fire. This is a weekly segment that I like to bring to you each and every week before my Monday night football preview. It's just a fun way of me recapping what happened on Sunday, who are the top performers, who's under fire. So let's get rolling right into it. So the NFC High Flyer of week number nine and this of course is just solely based on sunday's action i'm gonna give it to falcons quarterback matt ryan matt ryan has had a stellar season although not many people have talked about it because the falcons have been in the cellar so to speak in a tough nfc south but they have come surging back and Matt Ryan toyed with the Washington Redskins on Sunday. This is a Washington defense that just had acquired HaHa Clinton Dix to bolster that talented secondary, DJ Swearinger, Josh Norman. Well, Matt Ryan certainly had his way. Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley getting in on the fun. Ryan entering Sunday's game had just thrown one touchdown in his previous two road games, but he more than made up for that. He went 26 for 38 for 350 yards and four touchdowns as the Falcons routed Washington 38 to 14. This performance from Ryan was superb, and for that reason, he is the high flyer of the NFC. So let's now move to the NFC top denier, Danielle Hunter of the Minnesota Vikings, Matthew Stafford. He suffered a career high in sacks on Sunday, and boy did Hunter have a huge part in that. He finished the day with three and a half sacks, 10 tackles, including three for loss, four quarterback hits, and a defensive touchdown. Hunter and Antoine Winfield are the only Vikings with multiple sacks and a defensive touchdown in a game since 1982. According to ESPN stats and information, Winfield did it in 2010. Also, I might add, the Vikings set a franchise record with 10 sacks against Detroit. Now, co-honors as well. There's just so many top performers. I got to share some love to Mario Addison of the Carolina Panthers. Five tackles, three sacks, three tackles for loss against Tampa Bay. Now, in any other week, Addison would have been the top denier by himself. But boy, Danielle Hunter just was playing on another level. Now, let's go ahead and Move our way down to NFC under fire. This one is easy. Mike McCarthy of the Green Bay Packers. McCarthy under new GM Brian Gutenkunst was on the hot seat already entering the 2018 season. And boy, it appears that seat is getting warmer as each game comes and goes. The Packers have one of the greatest quarterbacks on their roster in Aaron Rodgers. Yet they are 3-5-1 and and buried in the NFC North Division behind 
the Chicago Bears and Minnesota Vikings. And it's kind of a long shot for them to make the playoffs. Now, you can never count them out because they have number 12 under center. But McCarthy's reluctance to run the football is really astounding. As we know, he's been in charge of play calling. The Packers look very predictable in what they're going to run. And it's worth noting that Rodgers and McCarthy have had their run-ins regarding offensive play calling, some disagreements in that regard. So Mike McCarthy, this is a guy that, yes, he's had some success in his long tenure in Green Bay, but if you're getting a good, strong sense from the Packers fan base, you can clearly tell that these fans are desperately calling for a change at the head coaching position. Mike McCarthy, his time may be running out in Green Bay. He just looks like he does not have control of what he is putting out on the field each week. And we saw that last weekend when they lost to Los Angeles Rams. Just a couple of series that were head-scratching play calls on the field. Not enough talent surrounding Aaron Rodgers. And the Green Bay Packers, after seeing this team constantly atop the division and in the playoff race all of a sudden they're starting to fall in the standings and Mike McCarthy could be booted in result now how about the AFC high flyer of the week now this quarterback's numbers weren't all that great but it was the way he played and how efficient he played which is what earns him this award for me Tom Brady of the New England Patriots. The Patriots knocked off Green Bay 31-17. This was a night where Brady was without Rob Gronkowski, one of his favorite targets. No Sony Michelle. They were using a wide receiver, Corderell Patterson, as their primary ball carrier. He was playing behind an offensive line without its best run blocker in Shaq Mason. An offensive line that was using a 7th round pick at left tackle and an undrafted rookie at center. A right guard making his 3rd NFL start in 3 seasons and a right tackle coming back from a concussion. So the odds were stacked against Tom Brady and this Patriots offense. Yet he finishes the night going 22 for 35, 294 yards and a touchdown and he made some excellent throws down the stretch of this game including that play fake to Chris Hogan on that bubble screen and hit Josh Gordon for really what was the dagger in this game. Brady just continues to play at a high level at 41 years of age and mind you it was fitting because Brady broke a record that was held by another rival of his, Peyton Manning, and becoming the first NFL player to amass more than 80,000 total yards, passing, rushing, and receiving in his career, with postseason included. So that is enough to warrant the High Flyer Award from the AFC now, how about AFC Top Denier? I'm going to go to Cam Wake, the 36-year-old edge rusher that's still producing two sacks, two tackles, and two tackles for a loss against the New York Jets on Sunday. Entering the contest, Wake had not recorded a sack since week three against the Oakland Raiders. He had gone silent. He dealt with some knee injuries. But now he came back 
with vengeance. He was a huge factor as to why Miami picked off Sam Darnold four times. He was consistently in the backfield pressuring Darnold. And for that, I got to give respect to the veteran pass rusher that continues to be a big part of what this Dolphins defensive front is striving to be. So Cam Wake, you are the AFC top denier. And to close out this segment, AFC under fire, give me John Harbaugh of the Baltimore Ravens. NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport reported on Sunday morning that there's mounting pressure within the Ravens organization amid their slump where this Ravens team has just not looked good on the field. Well, they lost again, which means they've now lost four of their last five games. They dropped one 23-16 against the Pittsburgh Steelers on their home turf. Now, this is a team that really labeled this season as a playoffs or bust type of season because they have not made it into the postseason since 2014. And since that span, Harbaugh is 26-31 as the Ravens head coach. He has a Super Bowl on his resume, but at this time, Baltimore is 4-5. They have dropped in the AFC North with the Steelers sitting in first, the Bengals in second. They're entering their Week 10 bye. And then as previously mentioned, Eric DaCosta is set to take over as the general manager after the season. Ozzie Newsome is stepping down and DaCosta did not hire Harbaugh. So who knows? He could be eyeing his own head coach. So whether Harbaugh is fired midseason or not, his time in Baltimore could be coming to a halt and this team certainly isn't playing up to their standards they have so much talent on both sides of the ball and if you're the Ravens right now there's a lot of evaluation and discussion going on because there is clearly frustration especially when you cannot get it done against a bitter rival at this point in the season. Well, there you have it. There's my high flyer, top denier, and under fire from both the AFC and the NFC. Now I'll go ahead and move into my game predictions for tonight's matchup between the 3-4 Titans and the 3-4 Dallas Cowboys. Both teams are coming off that week 8 bye and desperately need a win to stay alive in their respective division. I understand it's Week 9, there's still a whole lot of football left to be played. However, considering the Eagles, the Redskins, Dallas really needs to get in the W column. And the Titans, you're seeing the Texans go on this big win streak. You know, Jacksonville is reeling. Indianapolis is climbing. So Mike Vrabel and Tennessee, they certainly have their work cut out for them after a hot start Now, the last time these two teams met was back in 2014, which resulted in the Cowboys beating the Titans 26-10. Now, when discussing both of these squads, neither team is overly thrilled with their production thus far in the season. Each team's total offensive rank is in the bottom of the league. Tennessee, they find themselves at the 30th overall spot, while the Cowboys are at the 29th overall spot in the league. So not a whole lot of fireworks 
so to speak, coming from the offensive side of the ball for either team. The past game has been one area of emphasis for both sides as the Cowboys come in at 29th and the Titans at 30th. But both of these teams really depend on this rushing attack to make things go. The Cowboys find themselves ranked third in the league courtesy of Ezekiel Elliott who's currently sitting with 619 yards on the season. And for the Titans, they look at Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis as that running back duo to help get this offense jolted a little bit with their offensive line. And it's worth noting that both of these teams heavily invested up front with top picks. You look at Tennessee, Taylor Lewin, Jack Conklin, and then Dallas. Obviously, you got Tyron Smith, Zach Martin. And then Lyle Collins can basically be chalked up as a first-rounder himself. You know, he had that issue come up during the draft, and Dallas ended up signing him as an undrafted free agent. But this clearly seems to be a defensive battle tonight as the Cowboys, they're third in that category with the Tennessee Titans coming in at 11th. So both squads have seen some production from their defense. Now, I want to talk about some key matchups that could dictate the outcome of this one. The first one is Corey Davis against Byron Jones. Now, Marcus Mariota, he's been dealing with this elbow injury. He finally was able to regain feeling in his fingers in practice. And so I understand that that has been a factor in the way he's been able to throw the ball and Blaine Gabbard had to fill in for a couple of weeks. But these Tennessee receivers have been underwhelming up to this point in the season. And that's why the Titans were linked to so many different wideouts ahead of Tuesday's trade deadline. Because there is an assumption that John Robinson was going to look to upgrade the position. Just they aren't getting enough execution now, Corey Davis, he shows flashes of the type of wideout that he is, and he'll go up against Byron Jones, who's benefiting from his move back to the cornerback position. Byron Jones previously played the safety spot and really had gone back and forth over the last couple of years, but Byron Jones matches up exceptionally well with Corey Davis. He's a bigger, more physical corner that can play press coverage there at the line, and he can also play the deep ball well because he has exceptional jumping ability as that's really what he developed a reputation for at the scouting combine when he came out of Connecticut. But Corey Davis will be called upon to create some separation to go up and win these 50-50 balls that Marcus Mariota is going to be throwing at him tonight because this Dallas defense is no joke and it would not surprise me if they're able to limit Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis and what they're trying to do and I'm assuming that they're going to come out early and often both sides at that trying to dictate the tempo and control the time of possession. So these two players tonight will be in the spotlight and we'll see who comes out on top but if Byron Jones the way he's been playing with a new level of confidence Chris Richard is now the passing game coordinator in Dallas who came from Seattle and develop players like Richard Sherman and the longer corners so this is going to be an intriguing one to monitor the next matchup here is Jack Conklin against Demarcus Lawrence 
Now, Lawrence, his production has dipped a bit. You know, he's been playing with a torn labrum. He's certainly not making any excuses about that, but he hasn't recorded a sack since week four against Detroit, and that's when he had three in one game. The last couple of games, it looks like teams have doubled him up and really have wiped him out of their game plan, and he's been very silent now. Of course, he'll still make plays in the run game, his explosiveness off the line of scrimmage, but he'll have his hands full going up against Jack Conklin, who's a big physical right tackle. There's a reason why he was a first-round pick. He's very good, especially in the run game, and so Demarcus Lawrence, who's nursing this shoulder injury, I'm going to be interested to see if he changes his approach to this game, maybe splitting him out a little wider to avoid the upfront impact from such a powerful player that Conklin is. But Demarcus Lawrence, he still has that jump coming off the ball, and Conklin at times has struggled to set his feet in pass protection. And Demarcus Lawrence, you know, coming off that bye week, he, he's playing on that franchise tag. He was leading the NFL in sacks at one point. He wants to regain that dominance at the line of scrimmage and look for him to come out and be aggressive coming right at Conklin. And if Lawrence can blow up things in the backfield and get to Marcus Mariota, who's just getting healthy himself, this could put this Titans offense in a bind to where they may not be able to generate much offensively with number 90 wrecking things up. The way he can. Now, here's another one that kind of catches my eye Jarrell Casey against Connor Williams. Now, I'm kind of flipping it. So, talking about some Cowboys offensive players and Titans defensive players, but Connor Williams, he's a second round pick out of the University of Texas, and he struggled due to his lack of size and strength. And what opposing defenses have done is they've lined up their best defensive tackle head up on Williams in passing situations, and they're just saying, go ahead and bull rush Williams. He's unable to set that anchor, and because of that, teams are having a ton of success winning those battles in the interior. It's drawing a lot of holding penalties on this Dallas offensive line, and so if you're Tennessee and Dean Pease, I'm just assuming, I'm no defensive coordinator, but I can almost guarantee that we will see Casey lined up in front of Connor Williams in one-on-one -on -one situations. And Casey, this guy's a dangerous player, one of the more underrated defensive tackles in the game. He's a three-time Pro Bowler. He has three and a half sacks on the season. And while his numbers on the stat sheet will not wow you or blow you away, he's still a consistent force in the backfield with his ability to win up front with his strength, agility, quickness, and athleticism from what he can do getting after the quarterback and chasing him down until he can eventually have him corralled by his teammates. Now staying along the same lines of the Cowboys offensive line, who by the way, fired their offensive line coach over the bye, Paul Alexander, who came from Cincinnati, is no longer there. 
They're moving Mark Colombo to their primary offensive line coach and bringing in another consultant. So that's just one nugget of information to know entering tonight's matchup. But how about the Titans edge rushers versus these Cowboys offensive tackles who, yes, they have the prestige. They're very talented. Tyron Smith, the perennial all-pro left tackle. And then Lyle Collins, who's talented in his own right. But both of these guys have struggled immensely this season and Dak Prescott has paid for taking hits taking sacks and this group of edge rushers for Tennessee Derek Morgan Arakpo Harold Landry the talented rookie they can get after the passer and if these offensive tackles are struggling yet again Tennessee you gotta like their chances to win this game because I think opposing teams who are going up against Dak Prescott and this offense, they know if they can get to him and really load the box, dial up blitzes, have success coming off the edge, they can essentially shut down this pass game and and make Elliott win the game for them, which he clearly has the ability to do. But if you really want to make life difficult on the Dallas Cowboys, it's winning this battle against their offensive tackles and Arakpo, Landry, Morgan, these guys would scare me if I'm the Dallas Cowboys just because you're not sure what you're going to see from Collins and Smith on a week-to-week basis, which is really odd to say because this Dallas offensive line has been regarded as one of the best in the NFL for the last couple of seasons. So this one right here is huge if Tennessee can continue to press this offensive line, and get after Dak Prescott, corral him in the pocket. It could go toward a long way and them getting a big victory on the road. Now, the final matchup that I want to talk about is Amari Cooper against Malcolm Butler and Logan Ryan. These are two corners that are solid in their own right. I talked about it at the beginning of the show and talked about Cole Beasley thinks that Cooper can bring some new quote-unquote juice to this passing attack that has struggled and is underwhelmed, and that's what ultimately prompted Jerry Jones to pull the trigger, giving up a first-round pick for Cooper. And now Cooper has 4-4 speed. He's still young at 24 years old. You've seen him, what he can do once he has the ball in his hands. And so I'm sure Scott Linehan has some different ways and packages he's going to look to get Cooper involved and really I think Dak Prescott's probably going to look to him early in underneath routes trying to develop a rhythm but Butler who has had his own struggles this season he's being shredded by his own fan base and by a lot of different NFL officials for his play he signed that big contract back in free agency but these guys can get the job done especially with this pass rush that Dean Pease has been able to dial up so this is a big stretch right here for this Dallas offense you gave up a top pick for Cooper there's been a lot of talk about Dak Prescott maybe he's not the guy for Dallas they give him a number one wideout The lights are on, it's prime time, it's Monday night football, and we're going to see how productive Cooper can be in this Dallas offense, and if Prescott can get him the ball down the field with accuracy. So if Cooper has his way and he's able to stretch the field, 
this should open up the running game for Ezekiel Elliott and for this Cowboys team to get back to that identity of controlling the clock and just wearing down opposing defensive fronts. So this matchup as well as the others will hold a lot of weight as to which team can get that victory to get back to 500. But when it comes to my game predictions, I'm gonna give it to the Dallas Cowboys in a tight one. I think they get it done 23 to 17. There'll be quite a bit of field goals from Ryan Suckup and Brett Maher, but Dallas, they're undefeated at home. They're 3-0. All four of their losses have come on the road. Tennessee, while their defense has been stout, they have struggled to defend the run as they rank 19th in that category and are allowing teams to generate an average of four yards per carry. And when you're facing a dynamic running back in Ezekiel Elliott that's coming off a of bye week, you know he's fully rejuvenated. That spells for trouble. And I think the Cowboys will be able to get this offense rolling. I think Cooper will see some production, some action towards his way, which will help Cole Beasley get open underneath and keep this Cowboys offense moving the change throughout the entire course of the game. I think Tennessee, they're going to stay close. I think this is going to come down to the final minutes of the fourth quarter. And I think a last minute score from this Dallas offense gets them a huge win for a franchise that is still looking to get out of the basement so to speak and keep up with these Washington Redskins and Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC East. Well there you have it. There's my game preview and prediction for tonight's matchup between the Titans and Cowboys. I will be back here on Wednesday with James Yehedibo. We will discuss a variety of topics and get you set for week 10 of the NFL season. Have a great rest of the evening, and we'll see you then. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.